Hi, my name is Bailey White. My dad is Garrett J. White, the Master Coach Mentor. 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 <laughs> You're listening to Warrior on Fire. On Fire. <laughs> Wake up, Warrior. Wake up, Warrior. Get ready. My dad is about to teach you men how to have it all, and the best part is he is going to show you how to be an awesome dad and husband. My dad is awesome. Can I get my $100 now? <laughs> All right, my brothers, welcome back here to Warrior on Fire, episode number two. So excited to have number two heading into the books and number one having huge success as we rise up the charts here in iTunes in the religious section, reaching out to men just like you all over the globe with a message that you can have it all, have it all in body, have it all in being, have it all in balance and have it all in business. Ultimately, what we call living the warrior's way. Here in this podcast series, if you are new here to Warrior on Fire, I want to welcome you, number one. And number two, I want to give you a little bit of a purpose behind what it is we're doing here, just in case on the chance that you are here for the first time. We are not here to promote a particular type of belief system. We are not here to tell you to be a certain way religiously. We're not here to tell you that what you're doing is wrong. We're not here to tell you what you're doing is right. What we are here then is to guide you on a path of possibly finding power in a way that you've never experienced it before as a modern man. Specifically, a male warrior entrepreneur with a background in Christianity and possibly still deeply practicing that. And at the same time, maybe you've got some questions. You've got some concerns about life. You've got some concerns about the fruit in your life. You've got concerns about how you become a man who is simply living a one, maybe two dimensionally at best douchebag life. And this means ultimately that you're missing out on all of the powerful possibilities that could exist for you in a four dimensional experience. Now, what do we mean by that? Well, we speak about that here in Warrior on Fire about the core. The core itself is a message that you and I were four-dimensional beings. We've been built and born into this world in order to experience a deep, profound possibility in our bodies. The body temple, the tabernacle that's been given to us, this weaponized vehicle to operate and to experience profound truth in our life on a day-to-day basis. That ultimately, without this body, you and I cannot fully live and function in this reality. So if I'm fat... My fatness affects my ability to be in power. Vice versa, if I take that extreme in fitness, and fitness becomes my God, it becomes what I worship, that my six-pack becomes the most important thing in my life. Yes, even in that place, I swing to the opposite end of the pendulum, and I miss the point, again, of weaponizing the body. The second piece is my beingness, which is ultimately my connection to God, my connection to relationship with Jesus Christ, my connection to relationship to what purpose is in my life. What is it as a modern man, possibly a modern man who serves in the Christian originality and serves in a game of understanding salvation in that place? How does a man in that place ultimately experience truth today? And oftentimes it's difficult as we pour here in this particular podcast into the books of Luke and into the books of James and into the books of Matthew. And we begin a conversation around this idea of what is it to ask and what it is to seek and what is it to knock? What is it to not judge? And ultimately, how does this all lead back to what we call the code for living as a modern man? 
The third piece is my conversation of marriage, sexuality, intimacy, communication with my bride, my goddess, my queen. And at the same time, my connection to my relationship with my children, ultimately the family unit within which I operate and come home to and I leave from on a daily basis to do what? Number four, my business, getting paid. Specifically, this podcast has been built to serve entrepreneurial men, men who are every day in a war for production, a war for creation, a war for living not only on purpose, but at the same time, balancing payroll who also have the responsibilities of living at a higher standard in their life across the board because of the stewardship every single day. See, they go into the office and it's on their shoulders to cut the checks. It's those long nights left alone when payroll might not get met and their family might have to wait for the things that they want so that they can continue to provide the payroll to the employees who work for them. And I don't have anything against the employee sex, right? I have nothing against that gender, but here in this space, this podcast is built for a specific kind of man who faces a specific kind of pressure in life. That is to have it all. And how easy it is as a God-based man, as a man pushing in that direction, how easy it is to become lost and confused in the drift and the shift of what occurs inside of traditional orthodoxy inside the Christian conversation. How do I find truth and power when the truth is inside me? There's a darkness that I don't want to talk about. How do I experience power in my life and craving and desire when inside church settings, I'm not given permission to talk about it? How do I stand as a real, raw, relevant man focused on building results across all four of the core four areas of body, being, balance, and business while at the same time, At the same time, feel that the people around me can trust me, that they know me, that they live in a place just as Jesus spoke it, that they had gone beneath all things to rise above all things so that the empathy and compassion necessary was available. My friends, I don't share in this sermon here every single week in this podcast and this experience as a way to simply motivate you to think different. I do it as a way fundamentally to inspire you to think different. Because if I can insert some possibilities, if I can insert some questions into the patterns and the direction that your current life is moving, in that moment, we have an opportunity. We have an opportunity for you to see things from a different vantage point, to experience new levels of possibility because the perspective of your humanity expands. See, you and I on a day-to-day basis, God is constantly calling us to expand our perspectives, to allow us to see something today that we couldn't see yesterday. And so we've gone about the traditions of attending Sunday worship, of reading our Bible, of studying the scriptures that mean something to us. And in those studies, we have pursued to expand our perspective, but the problem has become this. And it was a problem that existed for me. I had heard the story so many times and I was hearing them for so many times from so many different men and even women who were preaching and teaching and talking to me. But see, I didn't get that they got me. It was hard for me to have the, the, the preacher on Sunday understand what I was going through with my business and what I was operating with payroll and the things that I was experiencing. Not that some of my friends who don't run very large churches don't face a lot of pressure in that arena, but I needed to know I needed to know that the guy that was talking to me, that he understood both my light and my darkness, that he understood both my truth and my lie, that he understood both my, my divinity at the same time he could love me in my, my diabolic nature, that both my light and my darkness were accepted and experienced very similar to the way that Jesus experienced, I would imagine, the woman that was brought to him, quote unquote, in sin, 
As the Pharisaic men at that time and the Pharisees and Sadducees began to bring this woman to his feet and they threw this woman down and they said, what is the deal here? This woman has broken the law. She must be stoned. But what say you? We caught her in adultery. She's hooking up with some other dudes. The crazy part is for me on the sideline, I'll bet you she was sleeping with one of those guys too. And that was probably the main guy who was feeling all kinds of guilty about his action, lying in his state of being, persecuting and judging her, looking and observing and trying to find out as a hypocrite the beam in his own eye that was being projected out as the moat in her, saying that she is the one it caused, but I am sinless. And Jesus called it out and he said, listen, here's the deal. Whichever many of you are guiltless, whichever one of you is sinless, whichever one of you has not made a mistake, whichever one of you does not have darkness inside of you, this same darkness that you see and you preach about inside this woman that you have so quickly thrown at my feet, whichever one of you is not filled with darkness and filled with this same disdain and is without sin, why don't you pick up the first rock and throw it at her? And the words continue in scripture and say that the men went away feeling pricked with guilt in their own hearts. And then Jesus turns to this woman and says, the following says, woman, where are thine accusers? And she gathers herself and looks around and sees none of them. And then Jesus looks down at her and says, go forth and sin no more. Now, if, as a kid growing up, what I, what I thought this meant, what this meant to me was like, well, shit, I'm supposed to be perfect. I'm, gonna suppo- I'm supposed to be perfect. See, it's okay if you screw up a little bit. And then, then, then from that place, you've got to be perfect. But see, I was both the Pharisee. I was a Sadducee. I've been Jesus in that role, and I've been the woman at his feet. I've experienced all four of those roles, looking on people who everyone else is saying, this man is broken, this man is darkness, this man is filled with disdain. And I looked at them, and I said, okay, cool. So your sin looks a little bit different than his. So your conversation looks a little bit different than his. So you don't like the way that he talks. But what about these things in your life? Why don't you worry about the beam that's in your own eye, you hypocrite? What if you spent even 50% of the time working on your own life than the time that you spend judging another? And see, the reason, the reason why this game plays out so readily, the reason why I played the same game of judgment and persecution laid down upon my wife my reign of judgment, casting her at the feet of Jesus and saying, oh, this woman is not spiritual. This woman needs to level up. This woman, this woman I'm married to, needs to to really get her shit together. And we'd argue on the way to Sunday service and I would sit up in these conversations with her over and over and over again saying, well, woman, why don't you change? Not recognizing that the judgment that I was judging with That it was my own issue. It had nothing to do with her. And the issue was I was not living by the code. The code that sits at the foundation of the Wake Up Warrior movement. The code that sits at the foundation of my life. The code that sits at the foundation of a brotherhood of men slowly but surely gathering in strength and power in numbers around the world, following the warrior's way, the code to having it all, who live on a foundational principle and premise of the code. And the code links into this judgment game because, see, we only stand in a place of significant and ruthless, self-righteous judgment of others when we've not spent the time to look in the mirror at our own shit. We think we don't stink. We think the stuff we do is not a problem. And we look across the aisle and we say, well, it's all up on her. 
If my wife would change, then I could change. If my kids would change, then I would change. If, if my employees would change, then I would change. If the marketplace would change, then, then I could change. And so our prayers and our communion becomes a conversation of dysfunction. We roll in and listen to people quote from books that were written thousands of years ago. The experience of men who died 2,000 years ago, their experience with God. And yet at the same time, we devalue our own personal insight and revelation. The questions as they rise, what if... What if the dogma that I've bought into, what if the direction of this conversation of Jesus that I've taken on, what if it's not the way I thought it is? What if it's different? What if there was a unique curriculum for me? What if me, as a male entrepreneur, under the pressure and the duress and stress of being both carnal and at the same time being divine, being both in, in nature, our light as well as our darkness, what if there was a way that I could be free? And see, all, all revolution in your life, brother, all revolution in your world, brother, begins with a question. But so many of the men I meet on a daily basis are unwilling to ask the hard questions. And if they do ask the hard questions, they ask them deep with inside. They suppress the truth. They suppress the fear. They suppress the rage. They suppress the experiences day to day. Here about 12 months ago, we had a friend of ours who passed, friend of ours who passed her church out in Florida. And inside his own office, back behind the game on a Sunday afternoon, pulled out a Glock and shot himself. 8,000 members in the congregation and the conversation around that was like, oh my gosh, how did this happen? How did this happen? And I'll say, I'll tell you how this happened. This happened with a man who didn't have an outlet. This happened for a man who had built a world around him in which he could only be part of him. He could only be the perfect part of him. He could only be the light part of him because if he was darkness, if he was the other side, if he admitted to the carnal desires and cravings that he was having, if he did those things, then what would be the reality? The judgment that would be laid down upon him by the congregation would have been intense. And so it's both the congregation's experience of holding these men up in a place of perfection, infallible, and yet they're fallible men Men who have problems, men who experience revolution in their lives and yet can't actually communicate it. Most men's groups and study groups have become a place of surface level conversation. We can't talk about how fucking pissed off we are. We can't talk about how angry we are. And I get it. There's a lot of men out there. There's a lot of men out there who aren't going to talk the way I talk, who aren't going to walk the way I walk. And you know what? The walk they're in is perfect for them. But I'm speaking to a particular type of man. An aggressive man who is sick and tired of the status quo, who is sick and tired of a game in which he walks into a service or into an organization and has to put on a mask, who doesn't feel himself even capable enough to speak his true desires to his wife sexually, spiritually, his opinions, his feelings, his rage, his desires, and in that place he begins to bottle it up. He bottles it up and bottles it up and bottles it up until he does something that he regrets. And he hurts somebody. He hits his wife. He beats his children. He drives drunk and crashes into another person. Cheats on his wife. Or maybe even kills himself. See, the code itself came as a response to the question that I had. See, I was reading in the book of Luke in verses 5 through 13. 
And this entire experience in here, Jesus has given us the clue. He's saying, hey, listen, listen, you, you're not alone. I haven't left you there. You don't have to just follow the words from the people around you. They are no more entitled to revelation. They are no more entitled to guidance than you are. You, my son, you, my friend, you, my brother, have been connected at source from birth. And that connection itself, when you live the code and the first step in the code is to be real, when you're real with the self that's inside of when you're real with the game in which you are willing to tell the truth, everything begins to change. And so let's look here in verse seven. It said, and ask and you shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth and everyone that seeketh findeth and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. And to all my people who don't like the King James Version, get over it. Right, I was raised on the old school script and I like it. I'm going to roll with it, okay? Or what is there of you whom if his son asked bread, will he give him a stone? If he ask a fish, will he give him a serpent? If he then being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your father which is in heaven give good gifts and things unto him who asks? And I sat there and I, and I started reading this over and over and over again. And the spirit moved into my soul and started to speak to me and had me ask some questions. And the question was first this, who am I really? What is my purpose really? You know, I preached for so many years that I believed certain things to be true. I preached that I believed that these things were true and these things were true only to find out they were not true at all to me. They were simply things that I believed, but they were far from what I knew because they were not in my experience. They weren't in my wheelhouse. They weren't part of what resonated deep in my soul. I was tired. I was tired of playing the game. I was tired of putting on the happy Sunday face. I was tired of communing with the families and the brotherhood and the sisterhood inside of congregations the way I had been playing. I was wanting to be free. My tattoos, my life, my past, my darkness, my drug addictions, all of the pieces that I had called so wrong and so bad and I had judged myself down into the hole. I wanted to be free. I wanted to be all of me. But for 33 years, there was no way that was going to happen. There was no way that was going to happen because I had a story. And so I asked a simple question and I sat there one day and I asked the Lord, I said, listen, please help me understand, like, what, what is it going to take for me to be free? And the answers that people would give me is, well, do you just need to give your life to Jesus? I was like, I've done that. I've done that. I understand that piece. I get it. There's nothing I can do to earn that. That grace itself was given to me. It was laid down upon me. But you know what? I have a problem. And the problem is, is although I'm saved, I still feel like a slave. I don't feel free when I walk around. I don't feel like I'm all of me. I don't even know who I am. And I, I don't even give myself permission to even speak some of the things that I think and feel for fear that I'll not only look the fool, but at the same time be judged for having even questioned the dogma. Now I came to find out, I came to find out over the last four and a half years, five years, that there are way more people who are asking questions underneath their breath than there are people willing to speak it and how to know because I started asking those questions out loud. I started asking questions. I started saying, well, maybe, maybe the goal here in this game of school called Earth, maybe the goal here was to actually become liberated and not just saved. Maybe my salvation was something I got for free, but my liberation was all upon me. That my liberation was a choice every single moment to number one, live the first principle of the code of the warrior's way, which is to be real. Can I tell the logical truth about what I'm thinking? Can I tell the logical truth of what I'm feeling? 
for decade almost marriage with my wife. I was terrified, terrified to be married to this woman. You would think, you would think at five foot three, 105 pounds, there's no way this little Barbie doll princess goddess I was married to that I, that I at 6'2", 200 pounds, ex-professional football player, college football player, fighter, et cetera, that somehow like me as an entrepreneur, that, that I, there was no way I'd be scared of her. And yet every day for almost a decade, I was terrified to go home. I was terrified to walk through that door because I had no answers. I had no answer for why I felt the things I felt. I didn't know how to communicate with her. I couldn't be honest with her. I didn't know how to communicate my past. I was always worried. And so every single day, every single day, I had the same fear. And the fear was this. Any moment now, she's going to recognize. She's going to learn really quick. She's going to figure out that I'm a worthless piece of shit. She's going to find out about my past. And she's going to know that I am not the guy that she thinks I am. And she's going to leave me. And I had the same story that perpetuated in every other area of my life. And one day I asked a question. I asked a question and I knocked and I wanted it to be open unto me. And I sought because I wanted to understand and find. And I asked because I wanted it to be given unto me. And I said, what would happen if I just stopped lying? What would happen if I just stood up and instead of making up, make pretend that everything was okay, what if I just said that what was for me at that moment? And I was inspired by this one day at church and I walked by and this young girl was walking by a teenager. And she, I didn't know she was going to change my life, but she did. And I asked her a question. I was like, so how are you doing today? That typical question we ask everybody. We see people at the grocery store at the gas station. We ask them, like, how are you doing? And you know the normal response, right? So like, if I ask you, I'm like, how are you doing? You're like, oh, I'm good. And so I asked her, I said, how are you doing? And she said, I'm amazing. And I, and I did like that little, that little, whoop, whoop, that little catch up a little quick, right? Like I was like, what, huh? What did you just say? And I came back and I was like, did you just say amazing? She's like, I did. I was like, that's awesome. The rest of my life has been changed from that one conversation with her. Because I started asking, why is it that I always say good? Why is it when things are amazing, I can't say things are amazing? Why is it when things are shitty, I can't just say, you know what, things are not really good right now. I'm not happy. I'm very angry. I'm upset. I'm confused. I'm hurting. I need help. I need guidance. I need communion. I need some people to listen to me because I'm hurting really bad. But instead, I would put on the face of good and vice versa because I felt so uncomfortable being brilliant. I felt so uncomfortable being in power that I would shrink and hide my candle under a bushel and be ashamed for the power that I was feeling. And so I would contract down and I would downplay and I would return back to this place called good, this damnation and this incarceration of a lie we call good. There is no such thing as fucking good. Good doesn't exist. Our lives are either progressing towards greatness or we are descending into a life of disdain, suffering, and scarcity. We are either moving towards the light or we are descending to the darkness. And I can tell you that both of these places there is learning deep in the depths of hell within your own soul next to that kingdom of heaven Jesus spoke to is a hell right next to it. And it exists every single day inside you and me, a darkness of hell and a peak of bright light called heaven. And the contrast, this duality of the two creates the option for me and you to be able to make decisions in ways that we couldn't before. This sinking beneath all things to rise above all things that Jesus is referenced in having in the Bible is ultimately the ability to see people for who they are from afar or up near to see them for the truth of who they are because you see yourself for the truth of who you are. 
See, when I started telling the truth and I started living the code of being real, I said, I'm going to tell the truth to myself. I'm going to tell the truth to people around me. I recognize that most people didn't know what to do with this. How are you doing, Garrett? I'm not doing very good at all. And no one knew what to say. They were like, Ugh. and then people asked, well, Garrett, how are you doing? I was like, man, I'm on fire, bro. I'm on fire. I'm killing it right now. Killing it. Business is going well. Marriage is well. Family's doing fantastic. My body's on fire. I'm shredded as hell right now. I'm killing CrossFit. And people are like, uh, 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 uh. And I realized that as I became more comfortable with the truth, that in that truth, I access power. See, the truth shall set you free. This is the words of humanity spoken to all of us from you and I getting to understand that the truth will set you free. But see, you got to start with being able to ask the question of what is the truth? And a bigger question of this is why do you lie? Why do you lie to your wife? Why do you not tell her all that you're feeling? Why do you lie to your children? Why do you lie to your neighbors? Why do you lie to your clients? Why do you lie to the marketplace? Why do you lie about what's going on? And we lie because we think if we actually told the truth, the people would reject us. The people would judge us. The people would put us in a place of hostage and no longer allow us out. And so what, what becomes the option for life is that we begin to build relationships that are total bullshit. We start to build relationships in marriage with, filled with a gap between us and them. And then we wonder why we don't experience a communion that Jesus talks about. We don't experience this oneness of flesh with our partner. We don't experience it. Why? Because what sits between us and her is a lie. We don't experience that depth with our clients. Why? Because what stands between us and them is a lie. We don't experience that truth with our children. Why? Because what stands between us and them is a lie. We don't experience that truth with anyone we live with, experience in day-to-day -day life. Why? Because what stands between them and us is a lie. Step one is to tell the truth. Tell the truth no matter how powerfully painful it is. Tell the goddamn truth. Tell the truth to yourself. Look in the mirror and be honest about where you are. Where are you at in your body? Where are you at in your spiritual path? Where are you at in your marriage? Where are you at with your family? Where are you at, brother, with your business and your financials? Where are you at in your marketing, your sales and your systems? Where are you at when it comes to living a comprehensive game? Are you simply a one to two dimensional douchebag who's justifying the lack of fruit and knowing of fruit in those areas simply because you think that making money is going to be enough or vice versa, you think that having fitness is going to be enough or vice versa, you're the guy who's all up in it with your kids and your wife and you're taking care of them, but the truth is you can't pay the bills. See, brother, you got to tell the truth about life in order to have liberation. Salvation is your gift. I'm not going to argue that with you, brother. I get it. Bring Jesus into your heart, accept it, move forward powerfully. I get it. Forgiveness and atonement and the possibilities of you and I experiencing power beyond this life. I'm all in with it on you, brother. But guess what? If I see another man tell me he is saved and yet operate as a slave, I'm going to freak out. See, liberation is the key within you and me. It is the gift been given to us. This is why we were told to seek first the kingdom of God and to find it where inside of us that the kingdom of heaven that we were searching was found within the unlocking of ourselves. Why was it we were asked to love God and to love our neighbors? And here comes the catch. Here comes the one that everybody loves to admit across Christian culture. You ready? Here it comes. Here it comes. Here it comes. As yourself. See, I had to tell the truth. I had to tell the truth that I hated myself. Amidst all the awards and the money and the accolades that the truth was, I hated myself. It wasn't easy for me to admit this. 
It wasn't easy for me to look at my wife and to admit her that I was scared of her and that I hated myself. That I was disappointed in who I was as a man. That I was disappointed no matter how much I produced, no matter how much I made, no matter how much money I made, no matter how fit I got, there was this peace inside of me that loathed everything about me. And so you could sit and have me sing the songs and I could preach and I could praise and I could stand up. I could raise my hands up. I could stand up on stage and even preach this stuff backwards and forwards and forwards and backwards. I could lead the Bible studies. I could hang out with the brothers at six o'clock in the morning. We could do all of that. And yet at the end of the day, I still found myself a slave. And the first step to my liberation that exalted my salvation was what? The conversation of telling the truth or be real. The second piece in this code is to get raw. See, one of the hardest things for men to do today is to be emotionally available. We're not emotionally available because we've been taught that we can't. We can't be emotionally available. We're not supposed to. We're supposed to have all the answers. We're supposed to have all the stuff figured out. And see, if you can tell the logical truth, it opens you up to be able to tell the emotional truth, to be raw with your woman, to be raw with the people at church, to be raw with your friends, to be raw with your clients, to be raw with your children, to be honest. When my daughter asks me in the Bible, she's like, well, well, why would God send, well, why would God send down a message to have all the babies in Egypt killed? Didn't he love them too? And I sat there perplexed by this. See, and my old me would have been like, oh yeah, well, because, uh, 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 and I'd have given her some answer that really I didn't know either. I said, baby, I don't know. That's a great question. She's like, well, dad, what do you think? And then she asked me another question one day. She said, hon, she said, dad, what, what, what? Well, who is, who, who is it that made God? Like, who is, who is the God of the gods? Like, who made everything before there was God? What was there? And I'm like, I don't know, babe. I, I don't know. That's a great question. Let's talk about it. And so my seven-year-old and I said, but see, I couldn't even, I couldn't be that honest. And I couldn't expose myself vulnerably. I couldn't walk into a relationship with my wife and for the first time admit to her that the reason I was so scared of her was not only because I felt so unworthy, but because I felt so inadequate in the bedroom. I truly had no idea how to show up or, or perform for her sexually. I didn't know how to bond us in that way. And it became a thorn for us for years and years and years. And I wanted to, but I didn't know how. I didn't know how because I wouldn't be honest. I wouldn't talk about what is. I'd had relationship after relationship after relationship, which had really fucked up a lot of the way I saw things. And there I was in a marriage feeling guilty for my past. And yet in this relationship with my wife, my second marriage, wanting to be there, but not sure how. She'd say, be the man. I'm like, I don't know how to be the man. And I told her, I said, I feel awkward. I feel like this teenager that's not sure how to operate. Like, like, I don't know what to do. I'm not sure how to operate in this marriage thing. Put me on the street, make me single again and send me to the clubs, whatever. Cool. But married, married, I don't know how to do this. Like I've been with you a decade and I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to please you. I'm not sure what to do. And so the first thing of transformation in my marriage, the liberation that came on the wings of that salvation was what? The truth. But that truth was also wrapped with emotion of tears and vulnerability and where I thought I would find persecution and judgment from my wife, what I found was understanding, compassion, love, and connection. As I went into the marketplace, I began to share my fears and my inadequacies, and I began to do it without filters and just started sharing, kind of like this podcast. It ain't going to be perfect. I realize there's a lot of people going to hear this, going to be like, dude, who the hell is this guy? He's the only motherfucker up in the entire religious section who's talking with explicit lyrics in iTunes. What the hell? This guy can't possibly be anything about light. He is pure darkness. He is the Antichrist. He is Satan himself. He is a spawn of Satan. 
And you know what? I get it. I get it. Because you know what? It wasn't too many years ago. I would have listened to myself when I was a neutered, sedated, weak man, suited up every single Sunday, trying to make pretend that everything was okay, when inside, all I really wanted to do was run away. And I didn't have the answers that I proclaimed that I did. And I didn't know the things that I said I knew. I believed a lot of shit. And I believed a lot of it because people around me believed it. Because it let me fit in. Because it let me be comfortable. It let me have friends. And when I started seeking first for the kingdom of God, beyond all the praise, beyond all the friendship, and I said, I want to know you. I want to live in that relationship. I want communion that's true and real because I want to take that power into my business. I want to take that power into my marriage. I want to take that power into every aspect of my life. And you know what I'm willing to surrender? You know what I'm willing to sacrifice? You know the Abrahamic sacrifice I'm willing to make? You know the Isaac I'm willing to put up on the altar? Here's what I'm willing to put up on the altar. I'm willing to put up on the altar my beliefs about how life is supposed to be. My beliefs about how God's message is supposed to come through people. My belief that every human being, man, woman, and child, seven billion plus people on this planet are supposed to hear God's message the exact same way. This is bullshit. This is a lie. And yet most of us have operated in this orthodox orthodox belief system that says what? Everybody's got to follow the same path. Everybody's got to hear the message the same way. This is why traditional school systems are failing. This is why public school systems are failing. This is why public and normal orthodox church systems are failing and losing to non-denominational conversations over and over and over again. Why? Because people today are sick and tired of the status quo. Some would say, oh, they're becoming wicked and they're losing their ways. I'm going to have you consider they're sick and tired of being asleep. They're sick of getting the same quoted scriptures and the same answers week after week after week. They're sick of not getting the answers that they need deep within their souls. They're sick of being in representative in relationships where they cannot be all of themselves. In relationships where they have to lie in order to be accepted. They can only be light. They cannot be darkness. And I said, you must be all things. And that the opposition between your brightness and your light is also your darkness and your destruction. You know, when I was in high school, we grew up in Southern Central California in Stockton in junior high. You know, I was playing pop Warner football and, and I love football. I ended up playing at Boise State, uh, played in Canada in the arena leagues for a few years, loved, loved football. And uh, my dad came to pick me up from practice and, and, I, and I went to my dad and, and we were talking about a couple different things and, and I was complaining a little bit. And, uh, and I complained about the acne on my face. I said, Dad, you know, it's really hard. Like, I, I feel so powerful when I put the football helmet on, but when I'm around the girls, I got the acne and the zits. And uh, I feel like, you know, it's hard for me. I feel all self-conscious. I don't know how to, like, connect. And my dad said, well, it's interesting because, like, son, you're really good at sports. And this became evident throughout high school as we moved to Washington up in Seattle and then, uh, and then my football career. Like, football was my life. It was what I was very good at. And the same hormones he's teaching me, he's like, the same hormones that give you the acne are the same hormones that give you the skills to do what you do. See, and you might not like the acne, but if you want to get rid of the hormones that cause the acne, you want to deal with the source that produces that fruit. Well, guess what? You're also going to lose the skill sets. You're going to lose the drive. You're going to lose the passion. This is why so many people today who are quote-unquote ADD, quote-unquote ADHD, bipolar, we're sedating the fuck out of them. We're telling them, don't be all of you. Don't be all of you. You can only be part of you. Hey, don't come up in this church house talking like this. Don't come over here talking like this. I can only accept a piece of you because my love is conditional. My acceptance of you is conditional. My judgment of you is conditional. Conditional upon whether or not what you do and how you say it fits exactly into the checklist of the way the world is supposed to be according to me. 
And man, I was, I was leading like the club on this one. I was like carrying around the title Liberty on this bad boy. I was carrying a flag around, building a little social club, a little, a little gathering of people, a little Facebook group about how to, how to live life in a way that allowed you to stay stuck in a slave. Until I came back to the same questions we've referenced already here in today's conversation, which is asking you shall receive. Ask and it shall be given unto you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth. And he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Or what man is there of you whom if a son ask bread will give him a stone? See, when people come to you and say, give me the truth. And you offer them up a lie. What you're saying is, hey, listen, you need some bread and you're hungry. Too bad, asshole. Here's a, here's a stone. Why don't you lick on that? Here's this rock. Why don't you suck on that rock for a little bit and then tell me how your stomach's feeling when the whole time all they wanted was the truth. See, I came to find in my relationship with my wife, she just wanted the truth. She couldn't trust me because I lied so much. I lied about how I felt. I lied about where I was at. I lied about my thoughts. I lied about money. I lied about business. I lied. I lied the whole time lying. Why? Because inside myself, I lived a lie. And my lie was, I am only light. I am not darkness. My lie was, I am all of the good things you like, but I am none of the bad things. And I'm going to suppress the date and I'm going to push them away. So that hopefully you don't find them. And mask after mask and lie after lie, you and I continue to fly far apart and experience life itself from disconnection. The world would ask me for bread and I continued to give it a stone. I would ask myself for the truth, for the bread, and I would continue to give myself a stone. I would ask myself for fish and people would give me a servant, serpent. And day in and day out, I realized that most of humanity walks around as big fucking liars. And so the warrior's way code becomes a foundational experience of this. Step number one in the code is be real. Can you tell? Can you even look at the logical truth? Can you write it down? Can you give it like a Wikipedia definition? Here are the truths about how I feel. Here's the truth about what happened to me. Here's the truth about what's going on in my life. Here's the truth the way I see it. And then the second piece. The second piece, step two in this process of the code is can I get raw? Can I share some emotion around that truth? If you can't get emotional about it, you aren't going to change. If you can't get emotional about it, people will not connect with you. They will hear your logical truth, but they will not connect with you emotionally. If you cannot bring all of who you are to the table in that rawness, your light and your darkness and all of who you are, guess what? You are living a lie. You are in a relationship that is filled with lies. You are living in a world of bullshit. You are living in relationships that will not support you when shit gets hard. You are living in a world of relationships that will not stand behind you when shit gets crazy and scary because they are conditional relationships with conditional love, with conditional acceptance based upon a conditionality of you only showing up with part of who you are. Yet here in this life, here in this school called Earth, you and I were blessed with opposition in all things. We were given darkness and we were given light, not as a curse, the way that some would have you believe, but as an opportunity for us to experience expansion. Step number three. Step number three in the code, or phase number three in the code, is to stay relevant. See, when I started to figure out that the greatest and fastest path, the truth that would set me free, that my incarceration of my humanity, my, my liberation came about from my salvation, that my salvation as a slave in that conversation, the only way for me to get out of it was to make it relevant. See, I started seeing that the more honest I got, the more authentic I got, the more vulnerable I got, the more candid I got about my life. When I wasn't feeling on, I told people. 
And I shared the emotion with that. And when I was excited, I told people. And I would share the emotion with that. When I was fired up with my wife, I would tell her. And when I was loving on my wife, I would tell her. And I started to allow myself full permission for the full gamut of my expression of who I was. If I was having a bad day, well, fuck it. I was going to have a bad day. If I was having a good day, I was going to have a good day. And this weird thing started to happen. I started to become the most magnetic guy in the room that I walked into because I came to find that the man who is the most real, the man who is the most raw, controls and dominates the conversation. Why? Because people who are in a lie, who are next to a man who is liberated, begin to have a different experience of the man who's liberated. He becomes the light upon the hill, exactly what Jesus was talking about. Not under a bushel, but shining forth that all the world may see. Not how cool you are quoting your scriptures or how many facts and stats you know about the lineage of Jesus Christ or Christianity in general, but the practical living of what? Of the atonement and of the forgiveness of forgiveness that came through your life by what? Giving yourself permission to be human. To learn from and to grow from all of the mistakes of your past that really weren't mistakes, it were really decisions that you made and which you learned. And that growth and that learning expansion made you who you are today. It is the wisdom, it is the stature, it is growing line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little and there a little. As we continue to grow, we begin to know. But see, I saw that there was a problem, and here was a problem, relevancy. See, why most, why most sermons don't stick for people, why most Sunday experiences, most Sunday schools, most Bible studies, most experiences we hear day to day, the reason why it doesn't stick is because it's lame. It's not relevant to our lives today. Now, don't get me wrong here. I'm going to back up from this for a second. It doesn't mean that the doctrine and the teaching of what I'm saying here is not relevant. It's always going to be relevant. It's eternal in nature. But what is not relevant is the packaging and the positioning and the conversation around that doctrine. It's not relevant anymore. People are losing relevancy, and this is why humanity is beginning to disconnect, and the younger generations coming behind us are even having more experience with this. They're not connecting with the messengers. They're losing the message because the relevancy is not there. So the big question is what? What do you want? What do the people around you want? What does your wife want? What do your clients want? What do you want? Man, I realized I had no idea. I was sitting there one day in another fight with my wife in the kitchen, fighting about trying to struggle for it to get real in my life, to get raw. And we're having this fight and this debate and this combat that's going back and forth with us, verbally assaulting one another in a beautiful way. And by the end of this, I realized real quickly, I said, well, what do you want? She's like, I I don't even know. And she looked at me and she said, what do you want? And I was like, "I I was stumped. I didn't know either. And we sat there looking at each other and tears began to pour down my cheeks because here I was with the goddess of my life, a marriage of 10 plus years. We're knocking on the door of divorce. And I'm trying to figure out what do I actually want? I'd never considered that that the ability for me to see what I wanted came down to my ability to be honest. See, when I live a lie, then the things that I want are lies. When I live a lie and I am not real and I am not raw, then the relevancy of my life becomes irrelevant because the things that I say I want, I say I want based upon lies, based upon trying to impress other people, based upon trying to do things in order to be accepted. But when I tell the truth, when I am raw, when I am real and I am raw, when I be real and I get raw, now all of a sudden from that place, I can stand in a reality of my humanity and where I am today. Here is where I'm at in my core four. Boom. This is what my body is. 
Boom, this is where my spiritual truth is. Boom, this is where my marriage and my family is, my balance. Boom, this is where my business and my bank account is. This is the truth, the way it is today. But see, 99% of the people that you see on a daily basis, they have no connection to relevancy, a.k.a. what they want, because the place they stand today, they can't even acknowledge. They can't even acknowledge where they are, and not only not acknowledge, but cannot embrace where they are. And so they, like the Sanhedrin, they, like the Pharisees and the Sadducees who judged Jesus and ultimately crucified and had him crucified, they begin to judge themselves and crucify themselves on a daily basis inside these small built little prisons, sedating, popping pills, pornography, alcohol, smoking it, drinking it, doing whatever they can to possibly hide. And maybe you're not that kind. Maybe you're the kind of guy that hides behind your self-righteous, scripture, banging, Bible bashing type of conversations, trying to be all self-righteous and right about the way you talk about Jesus. And yet at the end of the day, the people next to you, man, they just, they just want to live. And brother, maybe that's what's going on for you too. Because that's what was happening for me. I just was exhausted. Exhausted trying to manage businesses, employees, payroll, taxes, marriage, kids, family, church service, spiritual connection with God, knowing who I was, what was my purpose in life, where was I going, my body, my food and fitness, it was extremely difficult. But when I sat down that day and I followed the scripture spoken in Luke, and God said, Ask and you shall be given, seek and you shall find, knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. See, brothers, you and I have been given a gift inside. It came with us not by something we earned, it came to us as a gift from God in our birth. A gift of communion, a gift to ask the questions, a gift to search deep within our souls. And Jesus is saying in the New Testament, listen, people ask who you say, who do you say I am? And what is the conversation you're also confused about? He said, listen, I am in the Father, the Father is in me, and we are in thee, and thou art in us. We are one. And what does this really mean? It really, really means to me is this, man, you're not different. Brother, you're not different. You want to hide on an island. You want to make pretend that you're different, that maybe you're the weirdo in the bunch. But I'm going to here to tell you, you are not the weirdo. You are not different. You might be unique. You might be unique and you're certain kind of crazy, but I'm telling you right now, you are not different. You and me, we have the same fears. We have the same worries. We have the same stresses. We have the same concerns. And in that, we have our same wants. What do you want with your body? What do you want with your spiritual purpose and your being? What do you want with your marriage and your kids? What do you want with your wife sexually and spiritually and emotionally and communication and co-creation? And what do you want in your business? What do you want your bank accounts to look like? What should they look like versus what they look like today? But see, if you can't take a real relevant assessment of where you are today in those, if you can't be real, if you can't get raw about where you're at, angry, frustrated, excited, happy across the board, then your chance of staying relevant in the conversation of the code is impossible. And you become like every other douchebag out there who runs around preaching goodness, preaching gladness, good tidings of great joy, speaking from the rooftops and preaching light to the people with light. And yet here you are terrified of the darkness. See, I found really quickly that when you can turn on the light inside yourself, 
when you can ignite the fire within you, when you can become a warrior on fire on a daily basis, irregardless of what people around you are doing, when you can do this, amazing things happen because you can walk into the darkness and you can walk into the light. And either way, you are not held hostage by someone else or another person or another belief system to turn on the light for you or people to motivate you, hype you up or inspire you because you have learned to kindle the fire within. See, in this podcast, Warrior on Fire is about that. It's about teaching entrepreneurial men who have oftentimes been cast out into so many different exclusivities. Look at this. You're a man. You're Christian at baseline. You are also an entrepreneur. You're a family man of kids, etc. You have all the same sexual drives and desires and carnal wants, etc. that everyone else does. Yet the pressure and the stress of your life itself has led you to a place of survival. Most men in this game are in a place of survival. Life itself has become meaningless. Life itself has become nothing but a grind. It's become survive today and hope that when I die that Jesus is there and my life itself makes sense. And yet I'm going to have you consider that your eternities are today. They're not someplace far away. That your eternities are now, not someplace down the town. You are going to live today no different than then. Today your goal is to rise up and to become the man that you were called to be and that doesn't come up down by a bunch of reasons see the fourth piece in the code that we live by here at warrior number one is that we get raw be real number two we get raw number three that we stay relevant connected with our real and our rawness to the relevancy of where we are and where we want to go what do we want truly uninhibited unfiltered unconditioned and then the fourth piece is a ruthless commitment to results results. See, there was one little scripture that stuck with me my whole life. My mom shared with me when I was young. She said, Jesus taught that the people, the people would talk. People would say what they were going to say. People were going to operate the way they were going to operate. But at the end of the day, there was one thing you could count on. And it was this, you could count on the fruit of their lives. And Jesus said, by their fruit, you shall know them. No, seen to say by their opinions of you, their judgments of you, by who they said they were, what they were up to. They said, by their fruit, you shall know them. See, and this is what started the journey for me because I was sick and tired, sick and tired of making pretend that the results of my life were prosperous, making pretend that the results of my life were abundant, that I had it all because I didn't. I didn't have it all. Even though people would praise me, you're so fit, you got a great business, your marriage is great, and yet in my household, I was powerless. In my marriage, I was disconnected. With my children, I had no idea how to parent. In my businesses, I was panicked and scared. Inside my body, even the addictions began to rise to try to suppress all the stress that I was feeling across the board and it all began with what it all began with what a commitment to results I was sick and tired of fucking lying I was sick and tired of fucking telling a story I was sick and tired of the fucking reasons I was sick and tired of trying to fucking impress everybody around me I was sick and tired of trying to be the perfect guy I just wanted to be me So my question as we wrap up today's episode for you is this, bro. What if you are a warrior king who has forgotten and lost his crown? What if you are not a vile, dark sinner the way that everybody tells you you are? What if you are a warrior king who was born to claim his kingdom? What if the deepest truth that you are searching for is found simply within the code 
that we've discussed today? What if, like me a few years ago, you simply had the courage to ask, to seek, and to knock? It's easy to return back to the way things were. It's easy to turn off a podcast like this and say, you know what? Forget that guy. He's crazy. What does he know? And yet, if you're honest with yourself, if you're real with yourself and you're raw with yourself, there are emotions deep inside of you that this podcast has evoked. That there's a remembrance and awakening occurring inside of you that if you choose it, brother, could set you free. To support you in this journey, we've created a couple different tools and resources besides what you see here in iTunes. And we'd encourage you to go ahead and give us a review on this show, rank us, and then share this show up with as many people as you possibly can. Men who you feel might be inspired. And interestingly enough, roughly 60% of all of our listenership across the board, from our TV shows to our podcasts to the books that we've written, etc., all of this, our movie series at wakeupwarrior.com, all of this is women. I had somebody ask me, why, why do you think so many women listen to a show that's been created for men? And I said, for two reasons. Number one, because the message itself also resonates and connects with them. The warrior goddess. Secondly, because women are tired. Women are tired of men who have fallen asleep. Men are tired of being plugged into logs. Men are tired. Women are tired of being married to men who have forgotten who they are, who have become disconnected, disjointed, and ultimately have become weak. They are not leading as patriarchs in their home because they have forgotten. They became weak like I was. Filled with rage and suppression and disconnection. And in that place, the distance between them and their husband is a lie. And why do they feel disconnected? Because of the lie. And so if this podcast can inspire them to be more honest with their husbands and you men to be more honest with yourselves and to live a code we call the warrior's way to having it all that's driven by a code, taking a stand for a core of having it all and ultimately creating with the keys then life itself becomes possible. In our next podcast, episode number three, we're going to dive into the conversation of the core and what are this core for conversation and how do we come about this and why ultimately for entrepreneurs is a conversation or reverse engineer production such a crucial conversation when it comes to core four. For all those listening today, though, if you would like some supplemental training, you can check out more with our daily email updates and also our conversation that's happening at warriordailyfuel.com. And you can head on over to wakeupwarrior.com where you'll find a movie series where we document a unique experience where eight men every single month from around the globe fly into Laguna Beach, California and Orange County where I live and experience what we call Warrior Week, where men learn to live by this code to experience creating with the core and ultimately liberating themselves with blueprints and systems we call the keys. So if you're interested in that, check it out at wakeupwarrior.com. For the rest of you, here is the final question for you today as we wrap up this episode. What is the cost of your inability to ask? What is the cost for your inability to seek? What is the cost for your unwillingness to knock? And what might be possible if you started doing all three?
Thank you so much for being here in this episode. This is Garrett J. White, the Master Coach Mentor, founder of Wake Up Warrior Academy and creator of Warrior Week. Thanks so much for being here with us. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. Love and light. This is Garrett J. White signing off. This is a podcast. podcast. Thanks for listening to this episode of Warrior on Fire. Fire. (laughs) Share this with other men you feel need to hear. hear. Don't forget to give us a review in In iTunes iTunes and subscribe. So, is there a website? Wake Up Warrior. For more information and other amazing content for warrior men just like you, head on over to GarrettJWhite.com now.